When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, uh, we look at the the news at Celtic. I've joined forces with the Scottish Rugby Union um, to get a plan together for getting fans back into stadiums as soon as possible. Um, we go over the topic of closed door derbies uh, that we hold off as long as possible to get people back into grounds. And also we look at Celtic's potential route to next season's Champions League. Michael, thanks as always for joining us. How are we today? Not bad, Liam. Not too bad. It's so, um, still, in the, still in the room of doom after all these weeks. <laughs> So it's pretty depressing to find out this week that we've actually now spent double the amount of time at home than Big Duncan Fergus has spent in Berlin. Have we? See, I don't know. That is, that is some the amount of time he spent in Barrel. So there we go. Aye. So we've done, it, we've done a stretch, basically, in the living room. God, I don't even know how many weeks it is now. But, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, every week we come on here and we seem to be getting ever so slightly closer to Scottish yeah. football and again every time we speak. So, I mean... We suppose we can only take the positives from that. Um, Celtic, of course, uh, with some other clubs, are back at training, although it's not quite what they've been used to. Um, but I think, you know, read the story in the paper today. Celtic, um, they seem to be, you know, the club that are sort of driving, uh, getting fans back into stadiums safely as, as soon as possible. Um, if anybody didn't read the story today, uh, They've kind of teamed up with the SRU, looking um, to sort of try and put forward to the Scottish government a plan, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, to obviously not, you know, we're not looking at sixty thousand back in Celtic Park anytime soon, but to figure out a way that this can be done safely, aren't they? Yeah, I think we're now looking at we're trying to step it up. I think we're as a kind of. Um, we're kind of accepting that we're going to be behind closed doors for a, a wee while, but. I think we're looking at ways of trying to get some sort of operationally um, return to some normality. I think you look at countries across Europe, a few of them have got reduced capacities. I think I was looking at um, places like Croatia uh, this week and they've got like a third capacity in their grounds. You think, well, if we're doing social distancing to one metre or two metres, then you, you think maybe we can get some people back in. I know they're, they're, the governments are, are really wary about these kind of, um, what do they call them, super spreading events or something like that? Super spreading events, yep. Uh, so the, the kind of crowd, the, uh, crowds coming back is the last thing they want to do. Um, but you think if we, I mean, look at a ground like, like Celtic Park, whole 6,000, you think if you can get even, I don't know, even 15,000, 20,000 in there, can you do that way? But then it's, it's access, it's the concourse, it's everything, all that kind of stuff. It's difficult to take sort of yep. distance. But uh-huh. there, must, there must be a way to do it. Um, yeah. If we're going to start to allow people to go to Dunham Mills to buy a toaster, then why can't they go to the football? <laughs> I mean? Toasters are essential, to be fair. I mean, it's, you can look at the Premier League coming back last night and it makes you um, think, 
you know, the Bundesliga was a bit different, but the Premier League's a bit closer to home, isn't it? Yeah. Coming back, you start thinking, right, okay, surely not too far off now. What is it? We've still got about 40 odd days until the the first of the first of August. Um, yeah. which we're down for. But I think you mentioned it's the it's this kind of thing about um the one meter, two meter thing. I think there was, you know, there was some suggestion from Nicola Sturgeon today uh, that they're going to look into perhaps cutting it down from two meters to one point five or one meter. And, but I think the key phrase was that in certain situations. So I don't know if that is something that would necessarily apply in football stadiums at this stage. No, but I say, like I say, I, I don't know how it's workable. I, say, I, I looked at I looked at Croatia as an example um, yesterday. I think they, they get advised that they can need to sit two seats apart and they can't sit directly behind someone. Uh, and that's how they're trying to do it. But I think in practice, when, when the cows were, open, were back in, I think a lot of people ignored the kind of, um, mm-hmm. the kind of guidelines. So how you police it is difficult as well. So unless, unless you tape up certain seats, I think that's yeah. the way of doing it. But um, you just think, you see England getting back as well. You think, if, I know it's I know it's money. It's just purely money in Scotland. If we had, if we had the same kind of money available in, in Scotland as in England, we could have finished the season. Do you know what I mean? We just didn't, yeah. don't have the cash to do it, which is a wee bit kind of depressing. Then you see the, the bill for, for cutting the season short. You think, could they use that money to try and get us back playing? I don't know. Listen, it's it's all right in hindsight. This is a kind of very a very kind of uh, fluid situation, this whole pandemic. We're all kind of blindly stumbling our way through it. Um, but when you see England coming back, even behind closed, closed doors, you, you do feel that, listen, why are we going to take another month and a half to get there? Why can't we just get back? Uh, yeah. And then hopefully get crowds in. I, I think there'll be some sort of crowds in by kind of September, October. I know, listen, I mean, Dave Cormack at Aberdeen again today is saying that he thinks it could be January before they get um, fans back in the ground mm-hmm. in, in, in the kind of numbers, which, listen, that's going to be a financial nightmare for most clubs in Scotland. Um, but Celtic in particular, Celtic's, Celtic's fan base is the kind of driving force for everything they do. I mean, I mean they sell 50 odd thousand season books every year, which pumps in about 25 million quid into the coffers that they use to, to fund up for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the figures. We don't know what the, what the uptake is in terms of season books at the moment, but I'd imagine it's down on the usual figures. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the, the sooner they can get some fans in, and even a, a limited capacity into the ground, the, the better for them. Um, t- in terms of getting that that ball financial ball rolling again. Yeah. Um, yesterday they even carried quotes on um, on the official Celtic website from the UEFA president saying he thinks it's going to be sooner rather than later. But yeah. He said that, but that, uh, what does that mean? And obviously, he's talking. I'm about- not sure. I'm not sure it means too much, to be honest. Because at the end of the day, it's not. It's not going to be his decision, is it? It's a bit of string he's talking about as well, isn't it? Sooner or later, I mean, I mean, it's like when you say to wife, how how long you be together? <laughs> it's sooner or later. I mean, you don't know what it could be five minutes. It could be dinner and a half. Yeah. Uh, likewise, when he says when you come home from the pub, well, sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> We just don't know, but um, and plus every country in Europe's different. No one's at the same kind of level. When you look at, I see countries like Denmark and Austria and Germany, they've got their act together and they're they're getting back to normal. I mean, I um, I've seen someone in Norway this morning. They're almost back to back to their usual Norway. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but they only had three hundred deaths in in the whole period. Yeah, we've had sixty thousand. So we, we we're, we're hamstrung by our governments. Mm-hmm. Unless the English Premier League is back, would they be back? Are they back? Slightly quickly in terms of what's happening in England, we don't know. We need to find out. Um, but it's like I said, the, the, the finances have, d- have driven that, that that decision. 
because we don't have those finances. And likewise, listen, they don't have it in France, don't have it in Belgium, don't have it in Holland. These are countries that can't afford it either just now. Um, so, I mean, they're ahead of us in the terms of, of where they are in this coronavirus curve type thing, but they can't afford it either. So uh, there is problems that we share with a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's frustrating and it's still that uncertainty we don't, that, that's the problem we don't, if we said to us right, we're shutting doors until September the 1st then we can get a third of the capacity then by October we can get back to full capacity yeah. we deal with it but we just don't know right now we're kind of I mean, listen, we, we got up this morning waiting for Nicholas Sturgeon to tell us what we could do at the weekend <laughs> um, you're getting calls about let's go to a beer garden this weekend and all of a yeah. sudden at one, one o'clock you find out beer garden's off yep so we're just we're just we're going week to week and, and uh, month to month at the moment, and it's and it must be a nightmare for clubs to try and plan or trying to kind of put together any kind of budgets at the moment. It's just a complete mess. Yeah, the other suggestion uh, the other day there was, uh, you know, coming from from Neil Lennon, and I think it was backed up by uh, it was Callum McGregor uh, was kind of talking about this, you know, the possibility of that you hold off. On the Celtic and Rangers games for as low, for as late as possible, sorry, yeah, into the season, so that there's more of a chance of at least, I mean, at least some people being on the ground as opposed to playing them behind yeah. closed doors. So, I mean, what's your take on that? Do you think that's a good idea? How do you think that would, as well? How do you think that would go down in the rest of the league? Well, listen. First and foremost, listen. I know that that, that, that some kind of rival fans think it's some sort of kind of. Um, Constitute the effort by Celtic to kind of influence the fixture list, and because the the first old firm game is meant to be at Celtic Park, and I think the the, the conspiracy is that 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 game's behind closed doors, but the return game at Ibrox at New Year be, would be in front of a full capacity crowd. Therefore, they've got an advantage and all that. that listen, it's it's not it's not a campaign. There's a question. I think Neil Lennon's asked a question. His answer was quite interesting. Uh. Uh, and then on the back of that, Callum McGregor was asked to what, he, what he thought on that, that subject, and he got yeah. an answer that he thought. And listen, these guys, I don't even think they're thinking about about that in that way. To be honest with you, that listen, they don't. I don't, I don't think they think that the, the crowd really influences the, the, the results mm-hmm. too much. Anyway, it might well do. It might influence referees. It might influence. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think they find their chances on the pitch anyway, regardless of who's on the ground. Uh-huh. I think they're talking about the actual spectacle. The old firm game is is our marquee events, and and listen, people from all over the UK tune in, and the numbers have been the numbers of, of viewers have been higher and higher every, every season mm-hmm. as, as the kind of as the kind of competitions become apparently kind of more, more uh, competitive. Um, so I think they're talking about a marquee event. They don't want, they, don't, they wouldn't want to be in closed doors because it's one of our big our big events, and the fans make that event sometimes for for the wrong reasons. But um, so I, I take their point. Should the the, the calendar be, be Manoeuvred to, to accommodate that, I don't think that I don't think you can do that. I think I think that again is we're already kind of place old firm games so they can't they take place at certain points if it's a league decider and all that stuff because they're scared about trouble. And I don't like this manipulation of the fixtures. If it comes out of the hat that they need to play around closed doors at Celtic Park in, in September, then so be it. I think that's just the way it goes. Yeah, but the same way that if it's a, a game for Petodre for Celtic Rangers. Historically, a, maybe a difficult place to go to. If that's behind closed doors, it would be, be slightly easier. Maybe get on with it. That, this is the pandemic we're in now, and we have to, to, to do things that aren't to our liking. I don't like the fact that people. I don't like the suggestion they can manipulate certain fixtures to place them in a calendar. I just don't. Oh. I just, it's not for me. I think the league is going to be compromised enough next season mm-hmm. without having to do that. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you could you could put them off to I don't know, say. March, April time next year, I don't know, and then do 
I think Callum McGregor talked about this possibility of having a few over the space of a few weeks. But I mean, we could. There's so much kind of uncertainty and unknowns at the moment. You could get to that time of next year, and it's it's not. I suppose it's still quite possible that we might be in the, the same situation we are now, where nobody's allowed in, and it could end up being. It could end up being for nothing, I suppose, couldn't it? Yeah, an, an old firm festival. That sounds like. Ah. That sounds like. Thank God. It would make it would make um, make transmit look like come by yeah kissing in the street. <laughs> My God, uh, <laughs> I don't think the cops would be going for it. No, um, no I don't think so. Um, uh, listen, I just uh, uh, I think we we'll, we'll do enough manoeuvring and, and manipulation in the league to try and create a kind of competitive environment. I don't think we need to do any more. I just don't like I don't like that idea. I think I think the fixture list is a fixture list, um, and I quite like if they, if I space out these games, if they are neck and neck, it used to be the case back in the kind of early 2000s when they were going head-to-head regularly uh, on the pitch as well. It'd be like, well, there's, there's another six games to that next old firm game. There's only two points in it and, and they're waiting every week to see the result on the Saturday, Sunday and all that. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, that that creates a lot of kind of attention in the league and it makes and it adds importance to fixtures. I mean, you could be games that maybe you think on a Sunday afternoon, I don't know, going, going to a Hamilton or up to a Dingwall when you think that should be an easy three points for Celtic Rangers being what's well, not because their team won in the Saturday quite comfortably and the pressure's on the Sunday. I like all that kind of stuff, but if you're starting yeah. to kind of kind of falsely manipulate the fixture list and create I just don't I just it's just not for me to be honest with you. It, it, would, feel, it would feel artificial, I think, wouldn't it? I mean yeah, like, I don't need it. I don't think you need to artificial make an artificial um um, competition I think there's enough there just now mm-hmm. um, on its own and like I say the next season is going to be compromised enough in terms of half the season or a chunk of the season behind closed doors probably mm-hmm. um, there is if you're going to pick and choose what games are not behind closed doors because of the appeal um, then I don't, I, it's just not for me I'm afraid no. I mean, do, do you make that do, Aberdeen Dundee United's first game in, I mean, that, that's a game that's always uh-huh. you know, had this great atmosphere do you say well we keep that back as well uh-huh. Um, I mean, how far do you want to take it? Uh, I think you would you would almost open a can of worms there, wouldn't you? Because exactly, then exactly. Would be other clubs, and probably, I mean, quite rightly so. They would start asking, well, you know, what about us? Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. You're, you're you're going down a bit of a dark path, and then if you do. If you do change it and say, right, we're going to bump it back, you're going to get Rangers fans saying, oh, this is because it's closed doors and it's, it's league bending to, to support Celtic. If you don't change it, then you're going to get Celtic fans saying, oh, it's, they're going to get a full house at Ibrox and it's, that's not fair. It's going to happen either way because uh, this is Scottish football. And yeah, we don't really encourage conspiracies in Scottish football, really, do Listen, they hand out, they hand out, well, they'll hand out tinfoil heads, tin, tinfoil hats <laughs> as well as masks at the door. Uh, it'll be tinfoil masks. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, I suppose the concept of a closed door Celtic and Rangers game is a pretty abstract one to everybody. I mean, what can you imagine that would be like? Well, maybe we could pump in the, the, the sounds like they do in England, and then, uh, yeah. but would, would, would they would pump in the right sounds or would they pump in the usual kind of noise? <laughs> Somehow, I'm not sure they'd be allowed to pump in the usual noise. No. I mean, would they pump in some of the songs that maybe we don't want to hear? I don't know. Uh, just to create that environment, I don't know. It's, it will be if it happens. It would be very, very strange. I mean, I don't think it would be. Um, it would be something new to all of us trying to experience it. I mean, this is a fixture you go to under 18 game and you get people getting flung out for misbehaviour. Yeah. Um, and plus, I think it would create an issue. Listen, wider social problems. I mean, my God, the, the cops, all firm game in closed doors. I mean, I mean, I don't know how they managed to police that on the home front because the houses would be packed and mm-hmm. parks would be packed. I mean, I don't know. It's it's 
Certainly an interesting one. I mean, Glasgow, uh, I know Ferndale tends to be lively at best times. It's a wider problem, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. It's, but listen, let's just talk about it just purely for the football terms. I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting because I think all firm crowds do influence the game sometimes, especially yeah. um, even in fairly recent terms, winning away from home wasn't all that as common, especially since this, the, the kind of reduction of the away allocation as well. Um, I know Rangers won it at Ibrox at the new year um, but it has changed in the dynamic of the fixture and, um, with having the, the less away fans which I think has diminished it as well to be honest with you Yeah. Um, but to go behind closed doors it, it'd basically be let, let's just see how these teams line up against each other mm-hmm. um, purely on football in terms so I think it would be interesting to see how, yeah. how, it, would, how it would play out um, so I mean because there's certain certain teams that get inspired by the kind of the crowd other teams that maybe don't respond maybe get a bit, bit nervous yeah um, so to remove all that and it's just purely on football yeah which would be can, interesting to be man for man who's better you can take that down to individual players as well yeah yeah exactly so you could you could maybe it would maybe become a kind of um, just a purely based on ability and, and, and man man against man it'd be interesting to see how it worked out yeah but hopefully it doesn't happen. To be honest, I hope it rather didn't. No, I think we I think we all agree with that. Did you? I don't know. Did you see the the Premier League uh, the games last night with the artificial crowd noise? What did you make of that? I I don't know. I think I quite liked it. I I think I, I thought it was all right. To be um, fair, I think at first I was thinking it was a wee bit cringe. Rather than then by the but as I got on, I think actually it was quite it was quite quite good. Um. It's weird, but football with so much football on TV now, not well, not now because it's <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> but in general, so much on TV that I think I think matches sometimes have become almost like your TV has become a kind of very expensive kind of wallpaper. It's always in the, the background, and you kind of you're on your phone, you're reading a book, or you're whatever you're doing, and the football's in the background, and you react to the noises and all that stuff. So it's yeah. to sit and actually watch a game like that, it's it's kind of strange. Uh, as like an armchair viewer I mean because I think there's so many distractions in life now that football has become a kind of it's like I say it's like a move it's like a wallpaper in the background it happens around you rather than you just tune into it I think unless it's a big, these big games when you're hooked obviously I'm talking about the regular I mean Aston Villa against Sheffield United it's one of those kind of games that it, it's a tricky one to get past the wife to be honest with you that kind of game we got away with it last night because of the novelty factor but if that was a regular a regular Wednesday night um, is it I, I don't know if you're going to get that past the past yeah. the past the boss. I don't know if you'd work um, only anyway on a normal Wednesday night, would you? I don't know. No, especially no. the way it panned out. No, well, and it, listen, it was typically <laughs> it's typical it turned into a bit of a lame, a lame game. But um, <laughs> but I quite enjoyed. I enjoyed quite enjoyed watching them. Um, they were one of the great games last night. Uh, but yeah. the atmosphere pumped in. Yeah, I I think I think it's it was it was okay. It was okay. I think it's maybe better than without, but I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still reserving judgment. I like them to pump in some of the kind of more realistic kind of like um, the referee getting a bit of abuse and all that uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they'll as they go on. I think the boy in the Villa game was a bit trigger happy with it at first. He wasn't really getting uh, he wasn't really getting a hold of the controls the first few minutes. Aye, but, aye. No, I, I, again, I, I think it's not bad, and I I don't know if it's. How we if we if it's something we would do, we would do here. Um, but I think I mean it's just get that it would just it's the background thing. I think is exactly what you say because there's there's just an there's just a strangeness about the the empty stadium and it just creates a feeling of like 
it was like see when you watch those I don't know sometimes like you watch the UEFA Youth League games it felt yeah. like especially the Bundesliga ones uh, didn't have that crowd noise it felt a bit like watching something like that I thought at times yeah it, it doesn't it, it does the game itself does have a, a kind of a little bit of dip in intensity as well because of yeah. it I think and it's only natural because I mean players are human beings they react to the noise and they get inspired by it like I say or, or they get kind of cowered by it um, so it, it does take away from the game. Listen, it's not football how we want to see it at that level. Um, it's it's, but it's football, and it's and at this point in time, after thirteen weeks or so, I mean, I think it's a hundred and odd days since I last, last went to a game. Uh, um, it's 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 a it's a start, and that's all it is just now. It's not what we want, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, no, we shouldn't but, take it for granted, should we? We should not. No, I think so. But I would like to see a kind of uh, personalised um, sounds getting stuck in. <laughs> fullback. Some some fullback the players, the fans don't rate getting getting uh, <laughs> <laughs> That would make it a bit more realistic. Uh, referees, etc. Um, so obviously, I mean, the big uh, coming back to Scottish football uh, doesn't obviously not yet anyway. Um, really directly involve Celtic, um, but the big story in Scottish football at the moment is. Hearts and Partick Thistle and this this legal challenge um, towards the decision to relegate them. Uh, you know, you wrote about this in the in the paper today. Uh, I don't know, just you want to kind of expand on what you, what you said in the paper at all, just a wee. Yeah, listen, I, I, I can I can understand how we got here, and I, under, I know. Uh, I know that it's an almost an impossible situation for the for the league to deal with, but I just think that I think the, the ramifications for these clubs that have gone down I think are too are too high. Listen, listen, I, 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 I try to kind of balance it out. I, I don't think a fourteen team top flight works. I think it's a to be honest with you, I think it's, it's there's a reason why if you voted out three times in twenty years, yeah. I think it creates a it creates a two tier league. The bottom half. I, I don't know how you would sell a season ticket on the basis of you, you probably if teams like teams that might be relegated in the bottom half most seasons. I think I don't know how you can sell a season book on the basis of playing half your season in a bottom eight, where it's like a, almost like a kind of Premier Two or a Championship Plus. Mm-hmm. Do you I mean it's not? It's like kind of t- creates a two tier environment. The likes of Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, maybe Hearts. You know, on a good year, a usual year, it, it, it probably wouldn't affect them because they're still the same kind of. They, they, they would be, it'd probably suit them to be honest. It might make that even more appealing. But the rest of the clubs, I don't think it helps. I think, and I think we maybe end up with four or five teams with nothing to play for since yeah. January. So they like it. Women's land in the league, wouldn't they? Where there's yeah. necessarily more trouble in Europe, but not. If you're, if you're, if you're position seven, eight, nine, ten. There's every chance your season's done by Christmas, by January. I mean, you're not, you're not going to go down. You're not going to get to Europe. So, good luck getting people through the gate. So, I, listen, I don't like it. I don't think it would work. I don't know the reason why it's been voted against, and I don't want to see it. But this is not normal times. We're not dealing with a regular reconstruction debate. Which this is kind of turned into a wee bit of that. Um, and clubs have voted because I think what's going to that's is going to cost us money because if we are one of those four or five clubs in no man's land. Then we can't sell a season book on the back, back of that. We won't get walk ups. Um, so I've kind of viewed it in that through that prism. Mm-hmm. But I just think you're sending Hearts to a division that's kicking off in October and it's going to be 27 games. So you're, you're getting less home games. I can, I can have um, 
uh, restricted league campaign. He's saying Thistle to a league that at this point in time we don't even know what's going to exist next season in League One. And, league, and the same with Sonar, which is slightly different because they're, they're in that position anyway. Yeah. I'm not, no disrespect to Sonar. Their situation isn't going to change an awful lot. Um, so, but so about Thistle, definitely. I mean, you're, you're kicking them into the abyss. And I, and I can understand, I've got a huge amount of sympathy for them. And listen, I get, I get why the club's voted against it, and I understand. And I would, if it, if it wasn't during this pandemic and this was back on the table again, I'd say get it off the table pronto, chase it because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're living in normal times, and and I get the whole the, the kind of the temporary patch to try and keep teams up. But listen, is a, te- would a temporary solution be that bad? I don't I'm know. not sure it would be that bad. Would it be that bad? I mean, I know considering the circumstances. And you know what? You know, people, you know, this argument saying uh, if it wasn't Arsenal, if it was Ross County or Hamilton, we'd have this debate. Pro- listen, there's probably an element of that to it as well because they wouldn't get the same noise because they don't have the same fan bases and all that stuff. Yeah. But the argument, I think, would be the same. I think it was equally unfair on any team in that situation. Um, so I, I, I just think that we should have been thinking of maybe accommodating these teams slightly more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, I don't think Hearts have... have but I think their behaviour in particular hasn't been great either right from the start I think the noises come out I think Anne Budge has made several missteps along the way managed to put people's noses out of joints when she should have been looking to reconcile I think she kind of riled up riled up people instead which I think was the wrong thing to do but I, I just think I, I just I think I mentioned the phrase no soldier left behind and I think that's that's the mentality I think it would have been liked to, liked to have seen and we're going to get a bill this, this bill is going to be could be up to 10 million quid uh, I mean, Hearts, I don't know what Hearts are getting their, their figures for them right enough in terms of compo. I mean, it's, I think I'm talking about 8 million quid, which I think is about, I don't know where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the math is coming from. I mean, every club's losing money. And that's why, listen, that's why they're all terrified they're all losing money. But I just think that we could have done, could we, could we have done more? Could we, I think, like, I think, I think what we've done is right from the start, we've made some pretty poor decisions very, at certain times. And rather than, Taking a, maybe taking a step back and taking our time. I think we've been a wee bit hasty at times. The fear of this, listen, I understand, listen, I understand why. Because they're thinking, well, do we want to take a chunk of money out of this £160 million new TV deal uh, or to pay off the last TV deal that broken in the conversation? Or do you risk not starting the season in August the 1st and risk breaking the £160 million TV deal, losing losing more of it? Yeah. So I get, I get the maths, but... I think I wrote today that at some point in the maths, at some point you're going to have to say, right, we're all going to take a hit, we're all going to get be, be damaged, but we all need to be in it together. And I think, I don't know, I just, I would have liked to have seen a, a slightly more united front from the clubs um, than the usual kind of, how can I sell a season ticket on this? How can I buy it out? How, how can I lose this money? And how can I, lose, how can I deal with that hit? How can, I mean, I, I just think, you know what, we're all going to take a hit. I don't uh-huh. think anyone should be taking a, a bigger hit. Um if I, listen, if the championship was starting as normal and was a full campaign, I think I might have said, you know what, Hearts, you're going to need to swallow it. You've, you were the worst team in Scotland last season. I mean, even if you want to take it, I'd actually say to Hearts, right, tell you what, we'll, we'll chuck in another eight games from the season before to get you to 38 games, take the average at that. And you know what? The average is worse. They actually <laughs> lost, I think they lost, I think they won one out of the last 12 games last uh-huh. season. So you tell you what, give them 45 games, we'll take the average at that. They're still going down. So there's a bit of me saying, right, you know what, you're the worst team in Scotland, you go down, but it's where they go down too, I think it's a problem. There is no division that we recognise next season, it's a 27 game campaign, there's less home games, there's closed doors, Yeah. That it's, it, the, I mean the corporate's gone, the season tickets are, are selling pretty well, but your ticket sales are not going to be great. 
I, I just think in the circumstances we had to do something different. Yeah. Um, and I actually, would I said, you know what? I said, well, I think I was actually now you're looking at they're saying they can play friendly games perhaps in the next you know four weeks. Mm-hmm. Just think well, if we told, but if that if we knew that we know now, back in April, would we even ended the season? I mean, you've now had 13 weeks off, so you can, you can forget about close season. You could run the end of a campaign into a new campaign. So yeah. I, I just think uh-huh. you know, Hasty, we've made, listen, we know about the vote situation, but I just think that Hasty, selfish, a little bit foolhardy at times. And I, but I think it was done for the right reasons. I don't think it was done maliciously. I think it was done purely to protect this new TV deal. Yeah, but I think it's left there's been more problems and an awful lot of bitterness that's going to take a long time to kind of um, go away. Yeah, um, I think a good point in that, like, you know, the, these teams have been sort of condemned to like a relegation without finishing the season, but it's not just a rele- it's it's not just a relegation. This is a relegation unlike any other club has. This is what I mean. Yeah, you're not, if a championship is up and running and League One, League Two up and running as uh, nearly as normal, yeah. look at like the same as the other divisions, just find closed doors until further notice. I think we say, well, you can't. That, that's the way it goes. Yeah. But the fact that these these seasons are going to be truncated and it's going to be, I, I just think it's you're you're punting. You're not just relegating really them to a new division. It's a new a new dynamic completely, which I don't it's think. Known, almost really, aren't you? I mean, I, I've tried again. You know, Celtic are about as far removed from you know the fears and uh, stresses of relegation as it's possible to be in Scotland. I mean, I was kind of, you know, trying to gauge what the sort of of general Celtic fan perspective would be on this. I don't think there's a, you know, a great consensus either way. Obviously, you know, Hearts, this legal challenge, it's not about, you know, disputing the the title decision or anything like that. So, you know, it's not going to um, affect Celtic that way. I think, suppose what the... The biggest thing would be is if it if it you know was still a fair way to go before you know this could end up happening. But if it keeps escalating down the line, and the season doesn't end up starting on time, then that's you know obviously a worry for fans of all clubs. But I've, yeah, you know, do you think there's a, a certain Celtic fan perspective on on this issue at the moment? Listen, it doesn't concern Celtic at all, right? But as we know in Scottish football, any slight issue is hijacked by Celtic and Rangers fans. So Rangers fans hijack this this Hearts legal case and think it might give them a chance to get the season voided right. I think I think that's the hope. And Celtic fans yeah. are defending that and, and fighting against that that urge to null and void the season. It's uh-huh. not going to really happen, right? No. Um, because and it, uh, I know Hearts have said they're not going after the, the, the league winners and all that stuff in, in, in European places, but uh, um, I wouldn't be so sure of that either, by the way. No, uh, no, no. I don't know. Um, speaking to a few clubs, and uh, I think there's some some things going on behind the scenes that that may not be the case. So I think the Celtic fans are worried that this is a kind of Trojan horse towards null and void. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're not worried about that actually, but they're, they're they're more worried about the fact that Rangers fans are telling them that's a Trojan horse towards null and void. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah. that's so that it's a it's a debate that doesn't involve Celtic Rangers that they've hijacked by Celtic Rangers as yeah. always. As, as um, and fired through the green and green and blue prism uh, yeah. of, of kind of Glasgow football, but I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Yeah. Um, um, does really concern them? Um, I just I just think it goes back to this. I mean, I, I see countries all over the world getting back to it. So now you think where are we too quick making that judgment? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I understand why, but 
Um, legally, I mean, listen, again, you, we're all stuck on homes, we're all stuck on social media and all that stuff all day, so you're getting like a different barometer than real life. Yeah. But, um, I mean, none of us have got, um, I, I get chucked out of law school after two years, so I've not got a law degree, <laughs> I've failed my law degree. <laughs> uh, so I can't tell you how any judge is going to see uh, the Hearts and Thistle case. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think there's many people on social media that can tell me either no. um, despite all the experts right, anyway. Right, anyway we'll have to wait and see uh, um, just um, the fear of it not starting the season is, is a worry because that, yeah. that that wasn't I mean there's a, there's a thinly veiled threat and then there's a threat that was just a pure threat uh-huh. that, um, if things I mean that, there is a reason why I didn't put that in just now because that can go overturned quite quickly if they put an injunction in the season now and it goes overturned that's that, that card being played if yeah. that card gets played a week before the season starts, then we've, we've got a problem. Then <laughs> we've got a problem. Uh, uh, I'm sure we might come back to that one at some point. Uh, so just uh, just to quickly finish off, um, it was a big day for UEFA yesterday. Uh, they had a big build-up, as they always like to do for these meetings. Um, and so now Celtic, I've got a, an idea um, of how these Champions League qualifiers are, are going to work. Uh, we talked about this the other week. Uh, so, I mean, what, what do you make of how they're how they're, they're setting this up for the for next season? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I think again they're, they're in a hard position. They're trying to wrap up a competition that's still ongoing and start a new one. So it's it's pretty tricky. I like what they're doing with the Europa League and, and, and Champions League. I, I like it. I think this this these kind of festival of football things are doing. I think I actually think it's going to work out quite. That'll work out quite well. What a, what a month of football we're in for. I mean, August well, it's and September. Not having the Euros, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, and they cleared the decks with that. Um, but the, I mean, in terms of the Champions League and European Europa League, uh, Europa League qualifiers, it, 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 all manager manager margin of error is gone. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's the first thing that I thought. Yeah, so a one-off tie. I mean, any any Lincoln Red Imp kind of behaviour is <laughs> absolutely fatal. Uh, no, you're right. You know, you're right. It is. It's it's uh, it's less games to navigate, but it's less. You know, you don't have. Oh well, you can go and go down one 0 away from home in the first leg, and then come back and win five 0 in the second. There's as you yeah. say, there's no room for error now, is there? Yeah, uh, but if these games are closed doors. Uh, I don't think. I mean, it's not going to be that intimidating atmospheres and all that stuff, and. No. and there's not going to be any, any goats getting sacrificed inside the pitch like in um, Stan a few years ago. Caragundi. Caragundi, um, yeah. That takes away that kind of element to it. So, but it does mean there's, there's zero margin of error. But, and then, but on the other side of it is that Celtic will have had six weeks pre-season training by that point in time. And they'll yeah. probably have a league game, which is, is rare. I mean, every year they go into these qualifiers, I mean, completely cold. Or a couple of friendlies maybe in a training camp and then playing a friendly and playing that first qualifier. Um, so that they, they, they can't they can't say they're not up to speed by that point. Maybe not. They'll play friendlies and stuff like that. But they, but they, they can't really complain about being caught cold. Yeah. Uh, and they won't. Be, I mean, they might not be playing against teams that have had full seasons or half a season under the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that takes it. That 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 kind of hurdle was removed, but it doesn't have to make it a, a, a kind of high wire act all the way through. Yep. Um, until the play, oh, I think the playoff round is still over two legs. I can't work out if it's going to be a slightly easier I mean easier in terms of uh, physically the path but it's still going to be dangerous I think in terms of the actual matches I think it's I think it's a, a fairly treacherous treacherous um, prospect mm-hmm. this thing Yeah there's a trade-off isn't there there's, there's a trade-off between the extra preparation time and the kind of 
that one-off game factor where you know anything can happen, dodgy refereeing decision or you know a freak sending off or freak goals or anything like that. A, a bad, a bad night, a bad night. A bad night, yeah, something it's like that. Fatal. I mean, you can you can get a, you can afford a bad night. You can afford to to, to have a, a stinker in Gibraltar because you know you're you're going back up the road and you'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. But um, that's 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 all that's all gone, um, which will make it the whole dynamic of it will be changed. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's pretty treacherous to be honest with you, but um, but that's the, it is what it is, and I, I don't I don't blame you for for doing it because I think their options are kind of limited in terms of time, um, so we're trying to pack in an awful lot of football into a short space of time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand it. I mean, the, the, the international qualifiers are in play as well. Um, it's going to be a crazy campaign in terms of. of I mean, it's, we're talking about a feast and famine. We're going. To, um, we're going from famine to an absolute feast of football. Yep. No, no, certainly, certainly. Uh, well, that's all from us this week. Uh, thanks very much to Michael as always for joining us. We'll be back again next midweek to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. Uh, if you want to get the podcast as soon as it's available, make sure you download the Global Player app. Don't worry if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine, but we recommend you download the Global Player app to listen to the pod as soon as it's available and you can get that on iOS and Google stores. Thanks very much for listening.